0: Welcome to Ikoyi Baptist Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast services. Listen and be blessed. You're welcome into the house of the Lord today. Paraventure, you are one of our guests watching with us for the very first time. Uh, what we have been going through in Ikoyi Baptist Church, we've been going through purpose-driven church vision. And particularly, we have been looking at using this particular workbook So, I don't know if the ushers still have it. They don't have. But I'm sure someone that is seated close to you will have it. So, let's, please just flow along with us. We have been looking at the five purposes of the church, the reason why the church exists, and trying to recast the vision to see how the Lord will help Icoy Baptist Church to flow in this line. Last Sunday, we established the fact that God wants his house full. As we were talking about attracting a crowd to worship. God wants his house full. And by the grace of God, this will not happen by accident. We have to be deliberate about it. We have to be intentional about it. We have to work our strategy to attract the crowd that they may come and encounter the master. This week, by the grace of God, we are going to have a seeker sensitive service on Wednesday. What is taking place on Wednesday this week? Are you excited about it? When they made the announcement, I was expecting you to to shout that you are excited about it. On Wednesday, by the grace of God, the citadel of praise and Pastor Nathaniel Bassi will be ministering to us. It's just a night of praise. We are not here to do any other thing but to just praise God. And I believe, God, that when praises go up, the blessing of the Lord will come down in the name of Jesus. So please invite someone. That's why you have it in your bulletin. If you need more flyers, let the ushers know. But you can go on social media, actually, and let's make it viral. Do you hear me? Can we make it viral? Can it go viral? In five people, WhatsApp, uh, Instagram, Facebook, everything. Everything. Just share it. If you go to the website of the church, you can get uh, some of those uh, information. And then let's share it. We trust God that on Wednesday, everywhere will be filled up. Is it possible? We are trusting God about the grace of God as we worship him together as we praise him. The Lord will draw us unto himself in worship in Jesus' name. Last Sunday, we dwelt more on understanding worship. And I mentioned that there are wrong assumptions about worship. And I pointed our attention to three of them. And I was able to say that worship is not a mood. Worship is not a particular mood. It's not like a switch that you turn on. Let me worship now. Or let's be in a worship mode. Or let's be in a praise mode. Have you have you heard something like that before? You say, can we be in a worship mood? Worship is not supposed to be a mood. Even though during worship, we may express our emotions, but it goes beyond emotion. Worship is not an event or a program. Worship is not automatically music. Because somebody can be singing Christian music and not really worshiping God. And we said it last week that worship is about total surrender and sincere hunger for God. Demonstrated by the lifestyle of a believer. Worship is about life. John chapter 4 verse 23 that we read last Sunday. Talks about that the father is seeking worshippers. God is not actually seeking for music. He's not actually seeking for people that we kneel down or pray. He's seeking worshipers. That means God is concerned about life. It's about the life that will be transformed to be like the master. Worship is not a Sunday, Sunday that I pray. How many of us know Sunday, Sunday that I pray? Sunday, Sunday. You take this Sunday, then you wait till next Sunday. And for some people, worship is like that. Worship is supposed to be a lifestyle. Something that we do day after day. I pray that God Almighty will help us to get it right in Jesus' name. Today, we want to consider how we can design a seeker-sensitive service. How can we have an evangelistic worship service? But let me ask, who is a seeker? Simply put, a seeker is simply someone who wants to know. A seeker is someone who wants to know. Someone who is curious. Someone who wants to explore. The passage that was read to us, Psalm 42, verses 1 to 4. The contemplation of the songs of Korah, we see in this passage, is a representation of what goes on in the heart of an average seeker. An average seeker desires to know, to worship. He yearns or she yearns to appear before God. An average seeker desires to join the crowd or the multitude, as you see from the passage. And every seeker does not want to sit down at home on Sunday like this because it will be boring to be at home. Let me just join other people to go and worship God. Probably you are here this morning because you don't want to sit down at home. You don't want to be lonely at home. The Lord will meet with you in Jesus' name. And as a church of the living God, we must respond to these needs by designing a seeker-sensitive service that will deliberately intentionally address the needs of these people. Please join me on page 32 of your workbook as we continue today. How do we design a seeker-sensitive service? How do we design an evangelistic worship service? Number one, plan with your targets in mind. Plan with your targets in mind. And who is our target? Who? The unchurched. Uh, unbelievers, seekers, as you have mentioned. And we must be able to ask ourselves, what are we trying, or who are we trying to reach? What are the needs of these people that we are trying to meet? The way we plan an all-believers service is different from the way we plan seekers and steals service. The way we structure all believer service is different from the way you structure when you make it open for people that have never been to church or those who have been to church once or those who are occasional visitors to the church. The way we plan that will be quite different. And we are going to do some of the some pragmatic ways we can do that today. Make it as easy as possible to attend. If we are going to design a seeker center, we must make it as easy as possible to attend. Our goal is to remove as many barriers as possible so that there will be no excuse for not attending. And based on what Rick Warren did, as uh, we were looking at evangelism, purpose-driven evangelism, is that first of all, he, he did what he call he did a demographic study and geographic study to know people that were living around that area and what their needs are. And some of the options and suggestions offered here is that we must offer or we we should try offering multiple services. We must give people more than one opportunity to attend. In the church, the seeker service, there's a, there's a particular one on Saturday. Because after doing the demographic and geographic studies, they discovered that some people will be available to worship on Saturday. So there's a service that takes place 6 p.m. on Saturday. And there are other multiple services because we can give people opportunity to come. After we have done our studies and we they have discovered that some people can actually be reached at a particular place or at a particular time, the Holy Spirit may be leading us to do that. In some churches, when they have the settlement of Aousa people around and they, they've discovered that they have a number of them around them, a service will be organized for them. Say, offer surplus package. Somebody will ask, where will the surplus parking take place here? Now, this is a suggestion. And of course, when we are thinking about the expansion, we should think beyond where we want to put structure. We should also think about where our vehicles will be accommodated. And we are going to see more of that later on. Offer children's classes at the same time as the service. Some of our unchurched people. When they come, they feel distracted. They, they, don't, they don't concentrate, just as some of us even do too. We don't, we don't concentrate when our children are around us. But when they know that there's a place where their children will be fully taken care of, they will bring them along to church. Put a map on our advertisement. Make your location easy to find. Make it, not, not don't make it difficult for people to be able to locate where you are. Improve the pace and flow of your service. Improve the pace and flow of your service. Every service has a pace, and we must continue to improve it. See, the the difference between an average worship service and outstanding worship service is the flow. What makes a worship service wonderful is the flow. When you're talking about flow, you talk about where you are coming from, where you are, and where you are going. But when we have disjunction service whereby what is coming before... It's even from where we are, and the person that takes over after them does something else that takes us away, then there won't be food. The, the graph of worship will just go down immediately. Those who are already picking, going to the peak and going up, when there's no correct flow, it comes down. In purpose-driven worship, everything is done on purpose. Everything is done on purpose. Prayers are said on purpose. Songs are chosen on purpose. Those who are going to lead the song or the particular group that will sing the song are also chosen on purpose. The messages are preached on purpose. Announcements are made on purpose. Everything is on purpose. Have you seen some traditional churches whereby you have about three or four different choirs singing one Sunday? Have you seen that? I have seen that. Because they want to involve everybody. They want everybody to be involved. But in a purpose-driven worship, what actually guides worship is the theme. There's a particular theme in purpose-driven worship. There's a focus. If the focus on a particular Sunday is about joy, the songs that we're chosen will flow in line with joy. What you see around will be will be in line with joy. There's a particular theme where everybody that is coming to lead worship will connect to And then there will be proper flow in that worship service. So we must speed it up, our worship service. We must look for ways to save time. We must minimize transition times. We must kill dead times, what we call dead times in worship. Keep pastoral prayers short because our target is the crowd. So that the gospel of God can get to them before uh, they lose focus and live. But I would like to share with us, as we were divining worship last Sunday, I didn't have time to share last Sunday, but I, of course I, I purposely save it for today. A definition of worship that was given by a professor of worship when I was in seminary that has helped in shaping the pattern of worship. is I want to share with us, I don't know if uh, that uh, has it. Say, corporate Christian worship is a dramatic, dynamic, Dialogical encounter between the Triune God of the Bible and his people in which God speaks and or acts to reveal himself and his will. And God's people respond to him in appropriately biblical ways. This is the biblical definition and it's also very, very technical. And I remember in seminary we spent four weeks trying to dissect this definition just definition about worship. But let me just point one or two things to us because of our time today. Worship has three Ds according to this definition. What is the first D? Eh? Dramatic, uh uh-huh. Dynamic, three. Dialogical. So we call it the three Ds of worship. When we say worship is dramatic, it means there's a flow from one activity to another. In dramaturgy, we have elements, we have cast, we have scenes. There's one activity that takes place and it leads to another one and it goes. And I'm, sure, I'm sure some people like watching own video very well. You will see that it moves from one activity to the other. So when we say worship is dramatic, it involves different activities. When we say worship is dynamic, it's from the word dynamite. There is power in it. And apart from having power, there is motion. It changes. It is not static. So there is no perpetual templates of worship that must be followed. It is unique. Because all this definition, and then of course the last one, it is uh, dialogical. It means it's not a monologue. It's not one way. Communication. And if you look at that definition, say God speaks to us, and then we, his people do what? We respond to him in appropriate biblical ways. In every congressional worship service, these three elements must be found. It must be dramatic, it must be dynamic, and it must be dialogical. And if you look at the Bible, all through the Bible, that's how people encounter God. It was God, because worship is always initiated by God. In the book of Genesis, was it Abraham that was looking for God after he sinned? Was he the one? It was God looking for him. So God took the initiative and came down to look for Abraham, Adam, and Eve. Of course, when it gets to Abraham, Abraham was not the one looking for God. It was God that looked for him. Genesis chapter 12. And but when you get to Genesis chapter 22, 22 when they say, "Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and take him to the region of Moriah," God initiated that journey. And he went on that journey with God. And when he got to a particular point, I can't remember the verse now, he told the servant, that he said, you, stay here. I and the lad, we are going to do what? To do what? To worship, and then we will come back. But later on, God spoke to Abraham. And Abraham said, what? Yeah, am I. So God spoke, he responded. The same thing in Isaiah chapter 6, when he talks about when, when King Uzziah died, Isaiah said, Uh, I saw the Lord seated on the throne, we sing that song and so on. We see that dramatic, dynamic, and dialogical encounter between God and his people. So we trust God that God will help us. What we are trying to say is that in every worship, there's what is called space and flow. Every worship service that is going to be purpose-driven, everything must be done on purpose so that we can meet the targets that we want to meet. We must focus on making visitors feel comfortable. We must focus on making visitors feel comfortable. By the way, that word, because another way, one, one of the ways we make visitors uncomfortable is even using that word visitor. And I think one of the places, recorded mentioned that, that even in their own church, they don't actually use that word visitor. Because when you call somebody a visitor, what does that communicate? We are not expecting you to wait. You have just come and then you you will go. For instance, if you say, do we have strangers in our midst this morning? Do you think people will will be happy to respond to that? But when you say, do we have first time guests in our midst? Do we have guests in our midst who have come to worship with us? So sometimes even the way we address them can put them away. Because people actually form opinion about your church. Long before the pastor will preach. I was sharing with the ushers yesterday at the retreat. Most times, as people are coming in, as we welcome them, as we share with them, they already decided about 95% whether they are going to be part of this church or not, because of how somebody welcomed them or not. Even before the pastor will preach, or even before we begin to sing. The first 12 minutes, visitor decide if they will come back or not. You never get a second chance to make a first impression. Your visitor's first emotion is fear. They are afraid. Particularly if they have come alone. If they have not come with anyone. And I'm sure that, that's, that's, that's familiar with some of us when you go to a particular place you have not been or you go to a particular terrain that you are not familiar with. Because you'll be wondering, I hope they will not lock the door. I hope they will not turn off the lights. I hope not, I hope I'm safe here. So, we have been advised here to, on how to reduce anxiety. They reserve your best parking spots for visitors. Reserve the best parking spots for visitors. I've never been to Saddleback Church, but I, I, I understand that those who have been there, see, they have a very big, very big property. Very big property. So they could do that. But I believe the lesson we are trying to learn from there, in our own context here, is to treat those who are coming specially. Let them feel that they are welcome. Let them feel that we are expect, we are actually expecting them. Let's treat them as VIP, and not just somebody that has come to go. People who project, we advise here to station greeters outside our building, just as we have the welcome ministry. And these greeters are people who project personal warmth. People who project personal warmth. Not those whose appearance will scare people away. That once they see them and say, eh, What are you doing here? People who naturally they are warm towards people. Have you met people like that before? You are not answering me. We are. There are people like that. People who project personal warmth. People who, who match your targets. People who match your targets. If you want to reach young couples around you, it's better to use your young couples to be in your welcome team. In the case of Koeba, if you want to reach young couples, use people like Bolu and his wife. Young couples. If you want to reach teenagers, use teenagers to be in welcome ministry. If you want to reach young retirees, you people like Ebra Yari. And I, I don't know any other person that just retired here. If you want to use, if you want to attract old people, who do you use? Don't let me mention anybody's name. Oh, somebody said the kid, I didn't say that too. If all visitors, you know, the, 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 but the, what we are trying to bring up from the people that you want to reach are the people that you station there. If you just put old people, old people there, what do you think will communicate about the church for young people? Ah this is a church of old people. And people begin to wonder, do I really fit in into this setting? Let me share an experience with you. When I first got to a city in England in 2013, my first weekend in that city, I was trying to explore to see the church that I would be worshipping. And because I knew I was going to stay for at least one year as a student, I went on the internet and I tried to check as a Baptistic member. I checked Baptist churches around and a particular church pop up on the internet. What's the name of the church? Can I tell you? Cemetery Road Baptist Church. <laughs> Cemetery. C E M E T E R Y. I don't want you to be distracted, but you can write it down. Go and check on the internet. Cemetery Road Baptist Church. Say, so, so wow. Cemetery Road. Why do I say I'm going to Jan, then I go to Cemetery? Okay, and I went to the Google again and I searched other churches around. I saw Hope City Church. Hope. H O P E. City Church. If you are the one, which one will you choose? Will you choose Cemetery or you choose Hope? Uh-uh. It's not a Baptist church. Yo. Just Hope City Church. But you know, the Hope City Church is quite far away from where I was staying, from the campus. Quite far away. So, okay, let me just go and explore this cemetery road, Baptist Church. As a Baptistic person. Let me just go and see what happened there. You know, when I got there, before I go on, on the internet, if you see it, when Cemetery Road Baptist Church pops up on Google. What you will see there is the edifice. You know, all those old buildings. That's what you see. But when I searched for Hope City, Off City Church, the first thing I saw there was a vibrant, exciting church. And then what you see there is the sanctuary. People that sit there. young people particularly. And I saw a very big screen in the middle, like this. Another big screen to the left. Another big screen to the right. The big screen in the middle is just to display the mood of the worship for that day. If the pastor is going to talk about the blood of Jesus, all you'll be seeing on the screen is blood. If he's going to talk about, you don't know, understand what I'm talking about. The, the screens by the left and by the right, they are, they are only there to display the lyrics of song or scripture text. But the mood of the worship is displayed on the central screen every Sunday. So when you come into the church, ah, I was going to talk about fire today. Because all you'll be seeing there is fire. So they saw, they displayed the building. Go to the internet, you will see it. But for this other cemetery road baptist church, it's only the building outside. So I went there. The first Sunday I went there and I got in, I was able to enter. Those who met me were people that were preparing to go to cemetery. Those who had a few years. I came inside, and I enter. Ah! See, most of the people here are really preparing to go to cemetery. I'm not trying to cast aspersion on them. I'm just trying to the reality. When I got there, I say, ah, I can't, I can't stay here. <laughs> ah, no, 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 no. Even though I'm Baptistic, I can't stay here. Now, I didn't go to join Hope Church because eventually, before I left Nigeria, a church already contacted me. If the pastor of the church uh, asked me that I'm going to help them as music minister, But I was actually contemplating if I would be going there because about 50 minutes away, Sheffield to Manchester, 50 minutes away by train. So I wasn't, I said, no, I won't be able to be going. But when I saw that, I said, ah, I better go. So every Sunday, since the church made that, every Sunday we'll be giving you transport fare. So I was going 50 minutes every Sunday. Sometimes I would go on Saturday to rehearse with the choir and the music team, then come back Sunday evening. What are we trying to say? People will try, we should match people, we should match our targets with what we expect. If we are trusting God that the church will be a church of the future, then we must begin to take some drastic steps about some things that we do so that God Almighty will help us in Jesus' name. I say the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. I will not bore you because of time of everything that is there, but I, I hope you can read on your own because I want to jump now because of my time. If you look at number five, say have tape music playing when people enter. We can contextualize it in our own setting. When you come to worship, sometimes it may be organ playing, the piano playing, soft music. Not music that will distract people in worship. Allow visitors to remain anonymous in the service. You no, know, this is debatable. It depends on the context because I've seen some in, in some culture whereby people actually want to be recognized. People want to be at least welcome. Uh, pu- pu- uh, publicly. That, but there should be a balance. Because I've been to a particular church whereby they say, okay, do we have visitors in our midst? And they say, okay, tell us your name. During service. Tell us your name. What do you do? And then uh, say some things about yourself. We should not embarrass people. We should see how God can help us to maintain a balance. Number nine, begin and end each service by having people greet each other. There's a three-minute rule. Greet visitors first after service. And then, welcome them after service. One A good tradition that I met in the Kohi Baptist Church is this one. That we greet one another. Have you done it today? We have done it today. But can we take it a step further? You know, some people, the only people you greet every Sunday are the people you sit down in the same place. The same spot. When you say greet one another, but will we look at dignity. At Uzi, greet one another. Yeah. And there are some people that traditionally that's where you love sitting almost every Sunday. So you, it's the people that are around you that you always greet. Next Sunday can you say no? I'm not going to greet to those who are here. I want to go to another place. Let's greet one another. That will increase the warmth of the fellowship. God Almighty will help us in Jesus' name. We are already doing well in that, but we can take it a step further. Say so offer, number 11, offer a refreshment table at this service. Some people are talking already. Somebody clapping. For a though. Oh. <laughs> but in some churches like that, this cemetery of our teacher, one thing I enjoyed that day, I drank coffee. I drank coffee that day. It just... When you give people opportunity to eat, it relaxes them because food is part of fellowship. Do you agree with me? Food is a part of fellowship. No wonder Jesus Christ will, will never eat, will never release people without saying that let's give them something to eat. Remember three keys. Number 12. Don't expect people to act like believers until they are. If you want to minister to the church, you can't be shocked by them. Jesus showed acceptance of people without approver of everything they did. We must learn to accept people. We must get them. And then, before we begin to trust God, for us to disciple them. But, uh, page 34. Brighten up your environment. Brighten up your environment. The shape of your building will shape your service. When you walk into some buildings, what do you see? Excitement just seeing the building alone, you are are excited. When you walk into some building, what you experience is depression. The shape of the building may shape your worship service. And sometimes once once we become familiar with a particular building, you stop noticing what is wrong with that building. You become oblivious to the faded paints, outdated bulletin that is hanging everywhere, particularly inside hymnals, and some other things. What they, are, what they are encouraging us to do is to actually do environmental impact reports on our building regularly. Factors that create a friendly environment: lighting. Is it bright enough? God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. First John one five. Inadequate lighting dampens the spirit of a service. Lighting is very very crucial. So that's why they go, when you go to some of these churches, they spend a lot of money about lighting and lighting and lighting. Temperature. Is it too warm or too cold? It can kill a service. Temperature can destroy the best plant service in a matter of minutes. If it is too hot or too cold, then people will stop participating. That I've come to worship God doesn't mean that I should go home with pneumonia. So, but there are specific things that can be done to be able to and showed that this is done properly, that we have a regulated temperature. Sound. Buy the best sound you can afford. Can you see that? If you are trying to cut costs, that's what the Quran said. If you are trying to cut cost costs, do it in some other areas, not in sound system. Some churches don't have a building, but they invest heavily in quality sound. And I, want, I can share with you the theology of sound. Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, what was the first thing that was heard? What was the first thing that was heard? Look at the Acts chapter 2. Give us Acts chapter 2. And suddenly there came what? A sound from heaven. What would that sound do? The sound, boo! What does it do? It catches people's attention. It tells them that, wow, something is happening here. Because it doesn't matter the level of your anointing. If I go to the National Stadium today, I say I want to preach and I stand. I say, is it not the Holy Spirit sending me? And you stand in the middle of the National Stadium and say, come to Jesus! Come to Jesus! Will you hear me? There are specific things that God has made available that worship can be communicated in a way that it will be intelligible for people to uh, experience about seating arrangements and so on and so forth. But because of our time, let's look at number five. Space. Don't have too much or too little. Distance of the pulpit to seats. The smaller the crowds, the closer the speaker needs to be to the people. Too little space is not good. Too much space is not good. In fact, I said too little space. That's what is called sociological strangulation. Too much space. When you have a building where you're supposed to sit about 1,000 people and you have 50 people sitting down and a first time guest comes in, what, what does that communicate to the person? There are no people here. That's what they would say. <laughs> Is it true that there are no people there? It's not true. But because too much space, but little people. I mean, a few number of people sitting down. Decoration and so on. Number eight clean odor. Odor free restrooms. Visitors may forget the salmon, but the memory of a smelling restroom will linger. Do you agree with me? Have you been to some churches where you enter the restroom? You are doing like this. Why? Water everywhere. Church. We must give the best. If you want people to come back, those are part of the things that people consider before they make decisions about where they stay to worship. Let me round off now. Print a simple order of service. On church visitors, don't know what to expect when they come into your church and they're just sitting down. But when there's a guide, order of worship, it will be able to guide them. It will state what is happening and they can relax. Relax. The reason it realizes people, and some of the suggestions we have there, describe your service in non-technical terms. When you are dealing with seeker-sensitive service, non-technical terms. If the guests can't understand your order of service, then there's no room, or there's no reason to print it. Include program notes that explain what is happening, but avoid mystical religious symbols. When you say, introit. Somebody that is coming, what is the meaning of introit? Invocation. Benediction. Those are good words. But when you are designing seeker-sensitive service, what is wrong in saying opening prayer? Closing prayer. It's as simple as that. Use bulletin covers with bright nature scenes and so on. Some of that things are there. Minimize internal church announcements. The bigger you get, the more announcements you have. If you don't establish a policy of what warrants a public announcement and what doesn't, you will end up using a significant portion of your service on internal church announcements. And we are saying this because as God helps us to begin to implement some of these things. We can know the reason why we are doing that. Say, so train your people to read what... Train the people to read the bulletin. It's not on Sunday that we want to read everything that is there. Announce only the events that apply to everyone. For instance, now, everyone's already know that uh, you are in uh, except has to do with uh, something that you want to invite other people to come and join you to do that. Say, so, ushers, we are meeting after service. If it's not at the fact that we want to involve other people that are not officiating that day, but there are other ways to communicate that so that we can minimize things. Music ministry, we are meeting after service. There are other ways we can communicate that we can reduce the announcements that we make from the people here. We can screen out some things, some in-house terminology. We Avoid appeals for help. Don't conduct international business during the seeker service. And I say save it for believer's service. Read scripture from a seeker point of view. Read scripture from a seeker point of view. Using the Bible in a seeker service. Say, use pure Bibles so that they can find the text by page by page. The churches where they have pure Bibles. Okay, let's go to page. so. For the first time, they are coming. Someone that has not been to church and say, let's open the book of Habakkuk. Say, which one is Habakkuk? Select scripture readings appropriate for your targets. Then provide an outline with the verses printed. The outline will help them when they go back home, and then they can continue to consider them. We hope you were blessed. Ikoyi Baptist Church is a Bible-believing church located at five to seven Latif Jackandere Road in Ikoyi of Lagos State, Nigeria. You can find us on Facebook at Ikoyi Baptist Church, or reach the church directly via phone. At zero one six three two zero four eight five and zero one six three two zero four eight six. For more information, please visit the church website at www.ikoi